to the Mariners podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganasius. You can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. It's Thursday, July 6th. Uh, today on today's Mariners cast, we are going to recap yesterday's 2-0 loss at the hands of the San Francisco Giants. We will review uh, the Mariners' record versus the Houston Astros, who are the upcoming opponent. Mariners play in Houston Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll talk the state of the Astros, uh, look a little bit at their history, uh, examine their minor leagues a little bit, talk about their lineup, some of their trials and tribulations, and then talk pitching matchups uh, for this series. So last night, the Mariners faced Alex Cobb and the San Francisco Giants and lost 2-0. Obviously, the Mariners came in on a four-game winning streak. They're having already uh, taken this series. Mariners brought up Tommy Malone for one start to take the place of Bryce Miller right before the All-Star break due to Bryce Miller's uh, blister that landed him on the injured list. Tommy Malone pitched admirably. He went four and a third innings, gave up. Four hits, two runs. Only one of them was earned. He walked four and struck out none. Uh, Very much that of a crafty left-hander. His hardest thrown pitch in this game was 87.3 miles an hour. Uh, Still a fun watch to to see a pitcher like Malone, who's uh, really dealing no uh, stuff to speak of, but is still able to get by. But, you know, realistically speaking, going up against a pitcher like Alex Cobb, who's been very good this season, the Mariners didn't really, you know, the odds were stacked against them. Uh, Cobb was, was up to his billing. He took, he got the win, now six and two with a 2.91 ERA. He went six innings, six hits, no runs, no walks, seven strikeouts. Uh, the Rogers brothers came in to pitch the seventh and the eighth, and Camilo Doval shut the door in the ninth for his 25th save. For the Mariners, after Malone, it was Ty Adcock, Justin Topa, uh, Taylor Saucedo, and Matt Festa, who pitched the remaining four, uh, remaining three and two thirds innings for the Mariners. We will look at Ty Adcock a little bit later. Um, I think he's worth examining. He's becoming a, uh, a he's an effective pitcher for the Mariners, and I think becoming an asset for them in this game. J.P. Crawford and Julio Rodriguez both went two for four. Uh, Cal Raleigh went two for three. Jared Kelnick went one for four, and that is the extent of the Mariners' hits. Uh, the, no Mariner walked in this game either, so they got on base seven times. Three of them were doubles, Crawford, Rodriguez, and Raleigh, but really the Mariners' offense was was completely shut down by Alex Cobb and the three relievers. Uh, also of note in this game was uh, Julio Rodriguez's dropped uh, fly ball to center field. Um, this was in the bottom of the fifth. There were runners on first and second with one out, and Lamont Wade Jr. was up. He hit a fly ball to the warning track in center, that Julio flat out dropped uh, one run scored to make the game two zero. Uh, it was a bad play. It's a play a major league center fielder should certainly make. Um, for those who haven't been to Pac Bell, it is certainly windy, not quite as windy as Candlestick was, but windy enough to place at least a little bit of the blame on 
the weather, but fact of the matter is Julio Rodriguez is a major league center fielder and he should have caught that ball. Um, there's a lapse in concentration. Hopefully it, it kind of snaps him back into place and has him focusing on every, on every ball in the field. Uh, the Giants scored their first run on a pretty lucky hit as one on and one out when uh, Wilmer Flores hit a ground ball to third base. Jose Caballero played third base in this game. The ball hit the bag, popped over his head, and was became a single instead of a potential double play. Now there was first and third and one out as opposed to uh, potentially getting out of that inning. Lamont Way Jr. hit a sack fly to center field to make the game one nothing. That was the extent of the scoring, really. Mariners had a couple of chances later, top five. Cal Raleigh hit a double. Uh, Jose Caballero struck out. Colton Wong popped the third. So two outs. J.P. Crawford up with the runner on second. He grounded out to second base. It was a great play by Casey Schmidt, the rookie infielder for the Giants. It was 107-8 off of the bat. 640 XBA, according to Baseball Savant. So 64% chance of being a base hit based on the batted ball metrics. Uh, Schmidt made a great play, dove, spun throughout JP, and that was that. And then in the top of the sixth, uh, Julio Rodriguez doubled um, to center field. There was another ball that was dropped by the center fielder, Luis Matos. The Giants rookie center fielder had it in his glove but dropped it. But then Teo, Mike Ford, and Eugenio Suarez couldn't drive him in, so Julio was stranded at second. Uh, that was the extent of the Mariners' threat, really. Uh, it was just kind of a blah game. Uh, you can't blame the Mariners. You know, they've been on this emotional roller coaster. Uh, again, they'd come into this game having won four in a row. You've got Tommy Malone on the mound. I'm sure they were tired. I think they played what – they didn't have an off day since – Sometime last week, might have been Thursday of last week, I'm not sure. But in any case, you you played three in a row against Tampa Bay. You played three in a row in San Francisco. This was a day, or uh, they had a day game the previous day. I don't know. I'm making up excuses at this point, but the offense was listless. Also, Alex Cobb is a tough out. Uh, Cobb threw sinker, splitter, knuckle, curve, and slider. Uh, he threw more sliders against the Mariners than he typically does. But, you know, he's 94 miles an hour with the sinker, about 90 miles an hour with the splitter. And between those two pitches, he throws those 69% of the time. Um, he got 10 swings and misses on 42 swings total, which is 24% whiff rate. That's right around league average. Uh, but he's a ground ball machine. So, Again, Mariners lost 2 nothing. Uh, Ty Adcock is of note for me. He threw 12 fastballs and 12 sliders in his one and two-thirds innings. He only gave up one hit, struck out two, but he's out there throwing 96, 97 miles an hour. He averaged 96-4 today and an 87-mile-an-hour slider. Um, that's wiped out velocity. Uh, he got eight whiffs on 18 swings total which is a 44 percent whiff rate that's way above league average uh i think ty adcock has the potential to be the next uh great mariners um high leverage reliever uh i would not be surprised to see him take over uh right-handed heavy hitting seventh innings um but you should feel pretty comfortable with him in that role 
Uh, Adcox looked good. He hasn't surrendered a run yet this season. I like him a lot. So that's that with the Mariners series against the Giants. Again, they took two of three. You've got to be happy with that, especially coming off of the series against the Tampa Bay Rays when they took two of three. They've now taken four of their last six. Uh, Positive momentum. Mariners are 42 and 43. Eight games behind the Texas Rangers in the American League West. Five games out of the wild card. Five and five in the last 10. And a plus 22 run differential. Uh, flying to Houston to play the dreaded, vaunted uh, Houston Astros. The Astros are currently 49 and 38. They are two games behind the Rangers. They are currently sitting as the second uh, wild card in the American League. They are eight and two in their last 10 games, and they have a plus 63 run differential. So we all know the Astros are big rival for the Mariners. Uh, most people know about their scandal, their cheating scandal in the late teens, um, of this century. Uh, I'm going to run through a little bit of the history of the Houston Astros, and then we'll talk a little bit about the present day team. So the Astros joined the American League West in 2013 after 51 years in a national league. Um, they were an expansion team in 1962. They were originally called the Colt 45s, uh, Astros moved into Minute Maid Park, which became Enron, um, which is now, you know what, I don't even know what the name of the Astros Park is now. Uh, But they moved into that park in the year 2000. They were in the National League West from 1969 until 1993. In 93 or 94, they moved to the National League Central. They were there from 94 until 2012. And then they moved to the American League West when the uh, Major League Baseball realigned in 2013. Uh, Their first playoffs were in 1980. So it took them 18 years to make the playoffs. They won three division titles in the 1980s. Those who are old enough to remember, remember Bob Nepper and Mike Scott and their closer, Dave Smith. I remember, uh, this is off the top of my head, I remember Kevin Big Mouth Bass was one of their outfielders, Bill Doran, Dickie Thon. Uh, who else? Uh, Jose Cruz Jr. certainly was a player that I loved as a kid. And they had the awesome uniforms that look a little bit like the old school Denver Nuggets uniforms, but they've got the the really colorful stripe um, or stripes. Fun team in the mid 80s. Uh, they played in the Astrodome. They won three division titles in the 80s. Uh, in the nine, late 90s, early 2000s, they were known as the Killer Bees. In that era, they won four division titles. They had two wild card appearances, and they made an appearance in the World Series in 2005, in which they were swept by the uh, Chicago White Sox. This team was led by Craig Biggio and Jeff Bagwell, um, Ken Caminiti, in that crew. Uh, in 11, they were purchased by Jim Crane uh, for $680 million. This group. Um, embraced sabermetrics and the new analytical technologies that were really coming um, in vogue in Major League Baseball. They tanked in the uh, mid-2000s and then came back to prominence in 2017. Uh, Title-wise, they won, like I said, three titles in the National League West in the 80s and 80, 81, and 86. They won four National League Central titles in 97, 98, 99, and 01. I spoke of the National League pennant in 05. And then 
Um, they've been wild card teams in 04, 05, 15, and in 20. Uh, they have won, the Astros have won five of the last six American League West titles in 17, 18, 19, 21, and 22. And they have gone to the World Series as the American League representative in 2017, 19, 21, and 22. They have two titles in that span. They beat the Dodgers in 2017, um, which is the the kind of the, the focus of the cheating scandal. And they won last year against the Phillies. They are the only team to win a postseason series in six straight seasons and the second team in the expansion era to win uh, five league pennants. So in the 1920 offseason, 2019-2020 offseason, uh, Major League Baseball opened an investigation, talked about an investigation of sign stealing by the Houston Astros. Uh, most baseball fans know about it. You know, it's the famous banging on garbage cans and signaling with buzzers uh, to let batters know what pitch is coming. Um, what is different about, so sign stealing is very typical in baseball. You've got people in dugouts, staff in dugouts, first base coaches, third base coaches, giving signs to hitters and runners all the time. Teams have always tried to decode that, but in 17, 18, or from probably 17 on, uh, opposing teams suspected the Astros of using technology, using cameras and things to try to decipher uh, opposing team signs. So baseball investigated this. They found the Astros guilty of uh, stealing signs using technology. Manager A.J. Hinch was fired. Uh, GM Jeff Lunau, who had been wildly successful up to this point, was fired. Uh Alex Cora, who was a part of this staff during this time and now the manager of the Boston Red Sox, successful with the Red Sox. He was fired by the Red Sox, um, rehired eventually uh, two years later. And Carlos Beltran, who was the who had just been hired as the manager of the New York Mets, the new manager of the New York Mets, was fired before even taking the field for them for his involvement in this scandal. Cora and Beltran are both seen as... Uh, very high level sign stealers within baseball, but huge fallout. Uh, the Astros also lost their first and second round picks in 2021 and 2020, as well as fined $5 million. Um, so between the successes of, or the success of the Astros starting in 15, I guess starting really in, yeah, starting in 15 with the wild card and then the, the five of the last six American League West um, titles. Obviously, they're drafting very low in the first round. They also lost their first two picks in 20 and 21. So they were they have really depleted, have a depleted farm system in part because of a lack of high picks. We'll go through that later. Um, but they've sustained success. Uh, Jim Crane remains the owner. The Astros hired Dana Brown as their uh, new GM. He was a part of the uh, he was a part of the Braves, I believe, as a he was the president, the vice president of scouting for the Braves from 19 to 22. He was a special assistant to the GM under uh, 
Alex Anthopoulos in Toronto, which which explains his move to the Braves because Anthopoulos moved to the Braves eventually. Um, he was a minor league coach with the Phillies, then became a scout for the Pirates in 94. So he's really moved his way up through baseball, um, earned his stripes. And again, the Astros hired him as their GM in January of 2023. So Dana Brown's a GM. Dusty Baker, who we all know and love as the manager, uh, they've got a pretty consistent They've been pretty consistent with their philosophy um, throughout this uh, period of success. Uh, you know, historically, there have been some really fun Astros. Some of their retired numbers, Jeff Bagwell, number five, Craig Biggio, number seven. They're both Hall of Famers. Jimmy Wynn, 24, Jose Cruz, 25, uh, Nolan Ryan, Mike Scott. Uh, so there have been some very good Astros players um, over time. I've always kind of hated the Astros personally. I liked Nolan Ryan as a kid, Mike Scott as a kid, but uh, since the Killer Bees, not a fan. And the Mariners uh, becoming rivals with the Astros has done nothing but kind of make that uh, or accentuate that rivalry for for Mariners fans. All right, so the current team. Currently their lineup, uh, according to Roster Resource, looks something like Jose Altuve leading off at second base, uh, Altuve was hurt to begin the season. He's played in 32 games, 143 plate appearances. He has six home runs, five steals, hitting 264 with the 471 on base percentage, or 371 on base percentage, and an 850 OPS. That's good for a 138 WRC plus. Pretty straightforward. Jose Altuve, incredibly productive offensive season, especially from a second baseman. Hitting second is Alex Bregman. He is their third baseman. He's played in 86 games. Uh, that's all but one. The Astros have played 87. Uh, maybe Fangraphs is even behind uh, with their last game, so he may have played every game. But Bregman, 385 plate appearances, 12 home runs, 50 runs, 54 RBIs. Higher walk percentage than K percentage, 13 versus 12.5. He's only hitting 241. His on base is 343. His OPS is 737. So while he's put up a ton of counting stats, his rate stats are not great. Kyle Tucker hits in the three hole. He's their right fielder, left handed. Uh, he's played in 85 games, 13 home runs, 14 steals, 293, 366, 845 triple slash from Kyle Tucker. Jose Abreu has come on as of late. He started the year horribly uh he's currently hitting 243 293 with the 649 ops that's as good for a 79 wrc plus which is not what they signed him to do he's got seven home runs so far this season hitting fifth currently is janer diaz who is uh a catcher but he's a uh catching defense is not great so he dh's more he's kind of a bat first catcher he has 10 home runs in 174 plate appearances, only a 2.3% walk rate. So he doesn't walk at all. So he's a, a higher average, 267, the 797 OPS. So doesn't walk, hits for power, um, but pretty good bat-to-ball hitter. Only a 19.5% K rate. Corey Jolks is a, was kind of a non-prospect or a pop-up. He's their left fielder in 66 games, he has six home runs, but 14 stolen bases, uh, two, hitting 279 with a 731 OPS. 
He is a speed first uh, player who doesn't walk much. Got uh, Jeremy Pena, who was supposed to be a breakout, according to a lot of folks, second year player, shortstop, son of Geronimo Pena, if anybody remembers him uh, as a backup infielder uh, for the Cardinals a number of decades ago. But Jeremy Pena, right-handed, shortstop, uh, 325 plate appearances, 10 home runs, 8 steals, only a 5.2% walk rate, just over a 700 OPS. Um, So he's been a bit of a disappointment this season. Chaz McCormick, very good defensive center fielder, uh, hits 8 home runs, 8 steals, OPS of 823. A um, little bit higher than expected, 129 WRC plus, performing very well, um, certainly above expectation. And then Martin Maldonado is hits ninth, defensive first catcher. Um, you can tell that hitting 171, 256 on base percentage, 536 OPS. They could care less whether he hits or not um, because he is a very, very good defensive catcher, handles the uh, pitchers very well. Four bats off the bench for them are uh, Gray Kessinger, Mauricio Dubon, Bly Madris, and uh, Jake Myers. Nobody really great to speak of in that group. So the big thing with their offense is that uh, Jordan Alvarez and Michael Brantley are on the disabled list as of right now. Um, Obviously, Alvarez in the middle of that lineup changes the, the complexion of the lineup quite a bit. They go right, right. Left, right, 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 right. So very right-handed heavy lineup um, from the Astros. Pitching-wise, you have uh, you have Framber Valdez, who I might argue is, you know, he was my AL Cy Young pick uh, about three weeks as of about three weeks ago. Um, he's been phenomenal. I don't know if he is still the pick for AL Cy Young, but he's been great. Um, Brandon Belak is their number two starter currently. You've got JP France, uh, Hunter Brown, uh, Christian Javier was in this mix, but Javier uh, is being rested essentially um, in the bullpen until after the all-star break. Uh, He had had a string of pretty poor, poor performances and bullpen-wise, the Astros are like the Mariners. They just print relievers. Ryan Presley's been their closer for a number of years, but Hector Neris, Brian Abreu, Phil Maton, Ryan Stanek, uh, Rafael Montero, they've got a ton of very, very good, high-quality uh, relievers. You get into the sixth inning, seventh inning against the Astros in a close game, and kind of like you feel with the Mariners, it's – you know, their lights out. You're lucky to score on them. So given the, the, I don't want to say lack of quality, but after Valdez, you've got, like I said, Bialak, France and Brown, um, all of them, I think France, JP France and Hunter Brown are slightly above average major league starters. Bialak has been good this season. He's got a sub four ERA, but um, whether he has staying power is yet to be seen. You got to get to these starters. Because if you get to the seventh inning against Neris and Abreu, and then into the ninth eight or into the ninth against Presley, you don't stand much of a chance. Um, Mariners need to attack early, but 
as always, great pitching with the Astros. And they even have Luis Garcia, Lance McCullers, and Jose Arquiti on the disabled list right now. So get to them early. Um, hopefully get to them often uh, because that bullpen is very good. Astros minor league system is pretty bare, pretty barren. Uh, the one recognizable name that still has uh, name value or staying power is Drew Gilbert. He was he's their number one prospect according to MLB Pipeline. He was their number one pick last year out of Tennessee. He's five nine outfielder, very well rounded player. Um, you can very much picture him becoming their uh, starting center fielder, maybe left fielder in the near future. I would expect he's 22 years old. I would expect them to bring him up. He's in double A currently, either at the end of this year or start the season next year with the team. But then after that, it's not a lot of big names. Jacob Melton, Colin Barber, Ryan Clifford are all outfield prospects that are two, three, and four, according to Pipeline. Pedro Leon has been on that list for a long time. Corey Lee. And you don't really get to a pitcher until number eight, Colton Gordon. Um, that said, of course, it's the Houston Astros. So you're going to see five guys become very good who you've never heard of before down the road. That would not surprise me one bit with this team. But as of right now, they're not a highly ranked um, farm system. And that depletion has been in large part because of their success. Um, in the late teens and early 2000s, picking very low in the draft, but also because their first two picks were taken away in the cheating scout scandal, uh, their first two picks for 2020 and 2021. So the Astros, I'd say, are slightly down over um, previous seasons. You look at their team, it's not nearly as daunting. The offense is as it, as it once was. The pitching is not nearly as daunting as it was with Garrett Cole and, you know, Justin Verlander and those guys. But Realistically, they're still very, very good. They're still 11 games over 500, um, and their run differential is plus 63 halfway through the season. So the Astros are just smart. They're good. They're going to be the Mariners' rival for a long, long time. Um, but the Mariners, you know, match up really well in this series. So statistically, uh, the Astros are scoring 4.72 runs per game, which is 10th in the league. The Mariners 4.52, which is 15th, but very close as far as runs per game. Runs allowed, they're allowing four runs even per game, which is fourth in the league. The Mariners 4.26. WRC plus, the Astros are 104 as a team, tied for eighth. The Mariners are 100, tied for 15th. That's league average. Then I'm going to go through some offensive numbers. Astros are hitting 251, Mariners 233. Their on-base percentage is 321, Mariners is 311. OPS is 735, Mariners 702. Uh, walk rates are very much are very similar, 8.6 versus 8.8. One big difference is strikeouts. So the Astros are striking out 20.7% of the time, which is fourth in the league. The Mariners are 25.7% of the time, which is 29th in the league. So Mariners are striking out 5% more often than uh, the Astros. The Astros have eight more home runs. The Astros have six more stolen bases. Uh, So slightly better offense, better average, better on-base percentage, better slugging, better OPS, more homers, more steals. The one place that the Mariners are better is in their walk rate. 
But, you know, take into account as well, the Astros play in a much hitter, more hitter-friendly park. The reason why they have so many right-handed hitters in their lineup is Crawford boxes are very easy to hit home runs into. That's their their uh, left-field bleachers. So they built their team for that stadium. It shows in their statistics. I would not necessarily say they have a better offense. Um, they play in a much more uh, hitter-friendly park. Uh, Pitching-wise, the Astros are second in the league in ERA at 3.62 as a team. Mariners 3.86. Um, Astros whip is higher than the Mariners at 125. Mariners are 120. That's good for third in baseball. Uh, they surrender about the same rate of ground balls. Um, they get similar swinging strike rates. Uh, Astros 12.5. Mariners 11.9%. Astros do walk 1.2% more than the Mariners do. The Mariners are they the allow the fewest walks in baseball. Strikeout rates are very similar. Um, stuff plus the Fangraphs metric, the Astros are 107 stuff plus, which is tied for the league best. Mariners are 103, which is eighth. But location plus, the Mariners are tied for first at 103. Astros are 100 location plus, which is basically league average. So pitching plus, which takes both of those into account, uh, Astros are 102 tied for fifth. Mariners are 103 tied for third. Pretty even pitching-wise. Astros bullpen ERA is 3.54. That's fourth. Mariners are 3.81, which is eighth. And then starter ERA, Astros are 3.67, which is fourth. Mariners 3.89, which is seventh. Matchup for today, we don't know who the Astros are throwing yet. So this is Christian Javier's spot in – The rotation, as I said, they were resting him before before the All-Star break, similar to what I think the Mariners are doing with Bryce Miller. Um, Javier's is because of the last uh, most recent performances. Miller is because of the blister, but same same deal. Uh, Don't know who's starting in that spot. It could be a late minor league call-up. It could certainly be... Uh, where is he? Sean Dubin, um, who is a triple A starter for them, 27 years old, right handed. He started, uh, for them last series, so it could certainly be him, but he is currently in triple A. Uh, could be any number of, of guys, so stay tuned for that. The Mariners are throwing George Kirby on the mound, it's a 5'10 first pitch Pacific. On Friday, it's Luis Castillo against Hunter Brown. Saturday is Brian Wu against uh, Framber Valdez. And Sunday is 11-10 start. That is Logan Gilbert against Brandon Bielek. So those are the matchups. Um, should be a good, fun series. I think if the Mariners can split in Houston, uh, that is a positive. Um, certainly, if you can take three or four, uh, you can make up some ground on the Astros. Uh, as I said, the Mariners are eight games behind the Rangers it, out of first and five games out of the wild card. But the Mariners are always throwing out very, very good pitching and um, match up very well in this series. So we'll see at some point that Astros uh, voodoo, that spell that they have over the Mariners has got to go away. So I don't. I think that's it. Looking forward to this weekend, looking forward to the series against the Astros. Uh, as I said, I'm going to drive make the four and a half hour drive from Walla Walla over the past to Seattle for the, for the futures game in Seattle at four o'clock. See with my friend, Matt Whitlock. Um, uh, should be super fun. 
we'll see Harry Ford and Jonathan Classe as the Mariners representatives in that game. But love baseball, love minor leagues. Um, all of this is super fun. Uh, good luck to the Mariners tonight. Hopefully everyone is staying cool. It's uh, supposed to be 98 or so over here in Walla Walla today. Enjoy the baseball. Um, celebrate uh, Kirby Day. If if you do, I certainly do. And we will be back tomorrow with a review of uh, tonight's game. And maybe we'll dig a little bit more into uh, the Futures game. Thank you for listening to the Mariners cast. We are brought to you by Sports Ethos. Go check out the Sports Ethos website. Um, lots of fun podcasts on there. We're doing our big push for the uh, for fantasy football right now. Got a lot of fun basketball stuff, especially coming off of the beginning of free agency. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior Twenty. That's T I N O J R two zero, and the podcast at Ethos Mariners E T H O S M A R I N E R S. Take care, y'all. Thanks for listening. Peace.